0: words from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 3. And then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Well, good morning.
1: It is a joy and privilege to be with you this day. My siblings in Christ, let us pray. God, we ask now that eyes, ears, and hearts and minds be open to what you would reveal in us this day. I ask that you strip away the speaker so that only your words are heard. In your name we pray, amen. Whew, it has been a week, has it not? And here we are in the Gospel of Matthew And John the baptizer is pulling a questions of proper procedure and who has authority. (laughs) In my preparations, this is one of the moments that really struck me as being poignant. I'll point out the second when we get there. But this story is a little different than what we've seen playing out in the news. There's no deals being made. There's no yelling. There is no adjourning and negotiating. There's just two teachers that have come to fulfill the will of God. At this point in the Gospel of Matthew, the character of John the baptizer has been pretty well established. He has been out in the wilderness He has grown the beard and the hair. He is dressing like a wild man. I mean, a prophet. He has been preaching, he has been baptizing, and heck, he has even been feuding with the Pharisees and the Sadducees before it was cool. John has been pointing to what will come next. He has done what has been asked of him. He put in the work. He has earned his spot as a prophet and teacher. Really, all things considered, he should be the guy who has the final say on all things baptism. To many of us reading we wouldn't have been surprised if John had just gone ahead and baptized Jesus. No muss, no fuss. I mean, why shouldn't he? The goble- we just said the gospel established what he was doing. Established that by all the work he was doing, he was the guy that people came to for baptism. That was his knack. That was his work That was his purpose. To go another layer, the Gospel of Luke establishes that John is Jesus' older cousin. Even in the family hierarchy, John had precedent to put this over Jesus. In so, so many earthly ways, John had earned the position but john in his wisdom realizes something very important the baptism that he offers it isn't about him what he preaches in the wilderness It isn't about him. The work he has been called to do, it isn't about him. It is about what God is doing in this world. In our story, John recognizes the work and authority he has come to is about bringing glory to God, not himself. When Jesus comes from Galilee to Jordan, John doesn't take the opportunity to say, hey, you came to my house. John doesn't see this as a moment where Jesus is coming to bend the knee. He does not see Jesus as coming to submitting to his, his teachings. He recognizes that Jesus is the fulfillment of his own calling. He recognizes and sees before him every sermon, every lesson, every conversation that he has been called to do, being fulfilled, being made flesh before him in Jesus. In Matthew, chapter three, verse two, John says, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near." In this part of the story, John is seeing firsthand the initial steps of the he- of heaven coming near, and in seeing this, he does not boast. He doesn't take his little baby cousin by the hand and say, Come this way. I'll make you all right. Let me show you something. No. He recognizes that he has been called to testify to what is at hand, what is happening. And what he is doing is not about the glory of John. It is about bringing glory to God. Now, I do want to point out that John's not perfect. I mean, he is a Baptist. Easy joke, easy joke. But John's understanding of what's going on is still mired in an earthly body. John is still trapped in understanding what he can see, touch, feel, smell. The gospel presumes that John does recognize that Jesus is of a higher authority, and then he defers to him, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Right here John kind of feels his own little humanness, human nature impacting the sacrament. Now I do want to give my friend some credit. I think that's a fairly natural reaction to Jesus presenting himself for baptism. John has been out preaching and offering a baptism of repentance And God made flesh shows up. I'm fairly sure John is able to recognize that Jesus doesn't have anything to repent for. In Jesus, John sees a form of the incarnation of God. Of course, it doesn't make sense for him to come to him for baptism. Who would even have the authority to baptize God? I know I wouldn't be stepping up first. I mean, I'm still the new guy here, but I think a couple of the other pastors probably wouldn't be lining up first to be the ones to baptize Jesus, especially because that would be a rebaptism, and Methodists are firmly opposed to that. But this is where Jesus steps up, and for the first time in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus speaks, and he tells his cousin, let it be so for now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. That is a loaded statement. That is the one that drew my eyes to the commentaries. And Dr. M Eugene Boring, former New Testament professor at Bright Seminary at Texas Christian University, which I will note, I am a UGA alum. We are a day before away from playing TCU in the national championship. And it pains me just a little bit to have to cite one of their own, but let it be so for now, for, the, for the, it is proper for us in this way to fulfill the righteousness. <laughs> Dr. Boring states in his commentary on Matthew, both righteousness and fulfillment are key Methian theological terms. Righteousness here means, as often it does elsewhere in the gospel, doing the revealed will of God. Hear, fulfill, it's pretty easy. Simply means do, perform. And the meaning is necessary for both John and Jesus to do God's will. That is their call, to fulfill righteousness, to do God's will, which includes the baptism of Jesus. Now, if you have taken one of my classes or been in my disciple Bible study, you know I have my own way of relating to these things. And sometimes I think of the characters of saying it a way I might say it. And here I think Jesus is really saying, relax, cuz. This ain't about us. This is about God. Let it be. The United Methodist document on baptism by water and the Spirit states, the Holy Spirit who is in the power of creation, is also the giver of new life, working in the lives of people before, during, and after their baptisms. The Spirit is the effective agent of salvation. God bestows upon baptized persons the presence of the Holy Spirit marks them with an identity sealed as God's own and implants in their hearts the first installment of their inheritance as sons and daughters of God. It is through the Spirit that the life of faith is nourished until the final deliverance when they will enter into the fullness of salvation. My friends, this is not about us. It's not about our own work. It's not about our own authority. And it is not about our own power. This is about God. God. When John and Jesus do what is proper to fulfill righteousness, God speaks. The voice of the Lord that is over waters and breaks cedars reveals what is being done. This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. My siblings in Christ, that is what we must remember today. This isn't about what we are doing. This is about God. In our baptism, we recognize that God has called us and is working on us. We see that God is making all things new. It's about following God's lead and being the body of Christ. It's not about what we gain. It's not about what we take. It's about what God is revealing to the world. It's about fulfilling what is righteous. In remembering our baptism, we acknowledge that we are called, like John and Jesus, to do God's will and let it be. Amen, amen.